welcome to a very special album listening club. I am your host, Polly, joined by the one and only Taylor. Hello. This is the cool kids club of the, of the album listening club. <laughs> it's like, because we are the only two that, that are able to actually contribute to this amazingly wonderful little podcast that we're about to fill these people's ears with. Uh, this is our top 10 albums of 2015. And oh my God, Taylor, I don't know if you noticed, but it has been an amazing year for music. Oh yeah, it's been, it's been awfully hard to keep up with all of the new releases that have been great. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I can't think of a month that went by that there wasn't something that like, oh, that's new and I'm listening to it and it's totally awesome. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, in 2014, I actually thought there was a lot of good music, but it wasn't like, you know, a struggle to make my top 10 list because there were only like one or two albums last year that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, like I think my top, I think I did a top three last year and that was it. I think it was just, uh, uh, was uh, the Smashing Pumpkins Oceana last year? That was 2012. Okay, wow. <laughs> Never mind. Well, I know, th- I know that Thank You, Scientist was my album of the year last year. Um, there was also Death Grips, Powers That Be, Part Powers 1. Powers That Be, Part 1, and Run the Jewels 2. And St. Vincent. Don't, yeah. You oh, can't forget God. Miss Annie Clark. Oh my God, that album's so good. Yeah. Miss Annie, please bless us with more. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and it, it was so hard for me. Like By the time that I was like writing down all of the lists, like, there was a big list of candidates for my top ten. And it took me a month of, of <laughs> weeding it down to just ten. Yeah, and my problem is that I've, since I sort of committed to my final list, I've listened to two or three records that probably could have been in my top ten. Oh, but my. I'm, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm like, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to just like close the text file and be like, "Nope, this is the list. It's done. There is nothing else that comes out in 2015. If it, if <laughs> I will, I will be a dick next year if I have to and just say this late year 2015 entry can, is eligible for 2016." Yeah, because uh, I know that like, there's a band I really like. Mm-hmm called baroness who's releasing a new album like the week after this is recorded yep i'm pretty stoked (laughs) yeah uh so with that said i thought i'd let us cheat a little bit because we you know i'm usually pretty strict on top 10 lists i'm like no you don't get no honorable mentions you can't do that crap it's cheating uh but but since it's just us and we're the cool kids club I'm going to say, you know what, if there are like one or two albums that you could name off the top of your head right now, no take backsies, you don't get to redo it. If there are one, <laughs> or two, one to two albums that are just like, yeah, this is great, and I, it just barely missed my top ten, what would you say they are? I do have two that I can think of right off the top of my head. And those would be? Uh, the first one is Coma Ecliptic by Between the Buried and Me. Mmm who are a neat little progressive death metal project who had a new album come out right around my birthday this year. And it sort of actually pulled back a little bit on some of the more cookie monster vocals and other death metal sort of cliches and just sort of went for like a straight like prog rock sort of deal. Which is why I liked it. Yeah. And it's also... I'm not into cookie monsters at all. (laughs) 
and you know, there's also an incomprehensible concept to it. <laughs> Which the, those kind of albums are always great. Yeah. And I would say my second one of like the 12 or 15, I could possibly say, I'm going to go with a throwback to everyone's childhood and say that Hammer of the Witches by Cradle of oh, the yes. Elf just yes. barely <laughs> missed Such... my top 10. Like, holy shit. Like, for me, that was like a comeback album. It was just yeah. like, this is the good shit. Again. I was Thank like, you. where the fuck has this band been for 15 years? Yeah. I was just like, I, I, I think like the last album I enjoyed by them was Median. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was 2000 or 1999, somewhere around there. Yeah. And I mean, I've, they've had good songs since then, but there hasn't been any albums from Cradle of Filth that I thought were like really worth listening to all the way through. Yeah, yeah, not at all, not at all. I, I fell <laughs> off right immediately after Median. But, you know, yeah, Hammer of the Witches was just sort of a absolute out of left field. Hey, Cradle of Filth decided to be really good again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hoping they can keep that. Like, yeah, just keep doing that. Cruise right on into the twilight years of that career Yeah, and keep doing that. Because holy shit, that album's good. Oh, yeah? Uh, for me, um, uh, my, t- my, uh, my honorable mentions. My first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a nod to this album because I think it's a... I'm not going to say it's underrated because I think that that means the album has merit. But I, it, maybe it doesn't because it's absolutely just a silly record for all the right and absurd reasons. Uh, it's Till Lindemann's uh, project, Lindemann Skills in Pills. Oh, my God. <laughs> This album, I mean, not only is it just this wonderful uh, presentation of Till Lindemann's grasp on the English language and his ability to paint such wonderful imagery, but I, I just really love the production of the album. Like, I think it's put together really freaking well. It's melodic. It's it 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 crunches in all the right ways. It's just like it's top to bottom. It's a solid record with just. Really, really silly lyrics. And I think that in a year where we had a lot of albums that I think were very poignant with messages and or, or, or had a lot of ambition, it's kind of nice to have that album that isn't afraid to just be dumb. Yeah. Give me, give me golden shower. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an album that's got songs about golden showers, flappy buttholes. Um... <laughs> I guess inseminating fish. Uh huh. It's like, <laughs> but then in the middle, there's this really touching song that sounds like it's about somebody's battle with cancer. That's really sad. <laughs> and then the 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 uh, I think it's a bonus track of "There's My Heart," um, which is another really ballad esque kind of sad song about someone dying. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, okay, in the middle of all of this absurdity, here are these very kind of serious sounding songs. Why not? <laughs> Uh, and I would give my other one uh, to an album that I didn't think I would be spinning as much as I did, but uh, the new Ghost record, Meliora. Um, I, I I did not like their second album at all. Mm. I just thought it was garbage. Uh, Decimum. Lo- <laughs> yeah. I love the first record. Uh, and I think that Meliora is just like this straightforward rock record. It, it, it just reminds me of something that's like, this came out in the 70s, didn't it? <laughs> It does. They do kind of have. They have been kind of chasing that aesthetic in terms of like 
not even just like the production but like the way the guitar players play and yeah yeah all of that other good shit yeah from the way that they're recorded to their playing style to even just like the way um papa emerdius you know yeah his vocal stylings it's totally not the same person i swear um <laughs> but uh yeah it's just like that's a fun little record um that i didn't i didn't anticipate that i would be spending as much as i did but it, it, it landed on my playlist quite a bit and Yep, I'm pretty happy with it. So now, now we're getting on to official shit. Are you ready for official shit? You better you stop that editing. I don't want to hear you typing <laughs> at all during the rest of this podcast. You hear me? I hear you. All right. Give me your number 10 album of the year. My number 10 album of the year is The Direction of Last Things by Intronaut. Mm-hmm. Who are... Interestingly enough, another progressive sort of metal band with a couple of death metal elements thrown in now and then, who sort of kicked between the buried and me off of my top 10 list when I finally like realized, oh, they had an album out this year. Oh, and, you know, it's just it's it's that kind of like it's got really wacky time signature changes and occasional jazz elements thrown in. Always good. And, like, the contrast between, like, soft and harsh vocals mixed in throughout. Uh, it's, and that is a mix that I like. I have to say I didn't listen to that album. But, hey, how would you feel about letting us hear some of it? You, you got a track you'd like us to hear? I do. The track I have selected is Digital Gerrymandering. That's a great title for a track. I know. They always have really kind of kooky titles which is one of the longer cuts off the record, but it sort of encapsulates a lot of what I think this band does well. And I guess one last comment is it probably kicked between the buried and me off because this album clocks in at about 45 minutes, whereas that coma ecliptic is like an hour and 20 minutes or some crazy shit like that. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Long, <laughs> long albums can, can wear on you if they don't have a lot of meat or don't have a lot of diversity. Yeah. Cool. So digital gerrymandering.
my number 10 is um, I know that a lot of people they only want a new tool record from Maynard James Keenan. <laughs> are, are you one of those people like where you don't really give a shit about anything else he does? I mean, I like Pussifer well enough, and yeah, a perfect circle's okay. <laughs> mm, you, oh, really? Just kind of okay? Not a not a Billy Howardell fan? <laughs> I mean, I I like Meredith Nam, and oh. I think Billy Howardell's guitar playing is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They just a perfect circle never lit my bowels on fire, and Ouch. it's it's interesting to point out that APC hasn't released a record in even longer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't think they're ever going to. But what if I told you that the new Pussifer record, Money Shot, is not only my number 10, but I think that this is basically like a a Perfect Circle's next album. (laughs) It is that straightforward of a rock record that it's just like when I throw it on, it's just like this is this is just a a new Perfect Circle album. It really is. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Pussifer's Money Shot is my new album. This actually just kind of surprised me, really. Like, I knew it was coming out, and I knew I was going to get it. Uh, even though I've never really been a huge fan of Pussifer's previous work, I just kind of feel like, you know, I I need more Maynard James Keenan in my life, because I don't, (laughs) I'm not drinking his wine. (laughs) Um, uh, but I chose, uh, The Remedy, uh, from... Uh, this album because I think that it's just like this great very um, I I think it's an album told from the point or I think it's a a track told from the point of view of what people probably see him as is just like yes I'm talking down to you you know (laughs) I think it's just got this snark to it and it's just this great little rock song that does its thing and I love um, I love the lyrical anecdote uh, you speak like someone who's never been smacked in the fucking mouth I just think that's such a great line to be singing. It's like, yes, we're being condescending. Yes, we're talking down to you. Yeah. It's just like, I love it. It's such a good track. So yeah, there it is. The Remedy.
So what about yo number nine? Give me the number nine. My number nine is A Fragile Geography by Raphael Anton Irisari. You're going to have to fill me in there. <laughs> okay, so Raphael Anton Irisari is a formerly Seattle, currently New York-based musician who uh, performs occasionally with an with a electronic alternative group called The Site Below. Mm-hmm. But his solo music is a lot of just, like, experimental soundscape and ambient drony kind of things. Mm. He does a lot of, like... Like, he does a lot of, like, outboard mixing treatments to some old synthesizers he used to have before they got stolen when oh. he was moving. Oh. He had, like, he had 50 grand worth of equipment stolen out of his front yard. I would cry. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, he's just got a very interesting sort of approach to the way he constructs his sounds and the way he treats the guitars and the synthesizers and such. And it's very sort of, you know, interesting and relaxing sorts of ambient kind of music. I can dig that kind of stuff. So he came out with a new record this year, which is sort of his first post-robbery full-length album. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up and thought, hey, that's pretty cool. Boom. What are we listening to from it? We're listening to Empire Systems. Cool. Which is, you know, eh. This is one that I had trouble picking a specific track from just because of the nature of the music, but I think this one is sort of a good indication of what, like, the mood and style of the record is. Because, I mean, it sounds like a record that is all mood and style. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually, it's not a super long record. I would say, like, 38 to 40 minutes, so... You know, there's not any stuff that I have to give Polly a time code for. (laughs) Unlike, you know, my good pal... Lust Mord, who did not have a record this year.
All right. I'm going to put us to sleep. Yep. The fancy little... If, if, the, if, if everybody's still here, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get them woke back up. I'm sorry. I'm just messing with you. It's good <laughs> shit. It's good shit. I listen. I vetted this shit before it came in. I'm not that irresponsible of a host. Um, <laughs> so my number nine went to Odyssey's The Good Fight. Um, Odyssey is a rapper from the Washington, D.C. area, which is not an area you hear a lot about uh, in terms of hip hop. And um, he's uh, very conscious, uh, very like, like, but not kind of like, he's not like somebody like Talib, Qua- Talib Kweli, well, I can never say his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, or, or Common or other people or Nas, especially Nas, who are willing to tell you how smart they are in every yeah. song. Um, Odyssey is <laughs> just a guy that kind of observes the world around him and kind of like talks about his own life experiences and that that, that especially plays a key role uh, in the good fight uh i think that um if uh kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly was kind of like the the hard-hitting um piece of work that it is it's like i have trouble even finding words for that album um yeah. But it's no doubt an important album with a lot of very important messages. I think that Odysseys is kind of the other side of the coin, which is more introspective and looking at things from a more personal standpoint. Um, it's like I, I know that I've played I, – I've shared it a lot on Twitter, the song uh, That's Love, which is I think one of the most positive and uplifting songs of the year, uh, hands down. Uh, but I went with A List of Withouts. Uh, it is a song about – um, you know, like how humble can you be while at the same time, you know, being happy with that, you know, being happy with what you have and not, you know, being ashamed to ask for help when you need it, you know, or like, are you strong enough to ask somebody for help? Are you strong enough to, you know, not mind living, you know, on table scraps because, you know, that's all you can have. Like, you, can you still retain your pride uh, and all that? And I think that that song, you know, along with That's Love, I think those those are two very uh, important parts of the core of The Good Fight. And um, it's just an album that I like to throw on because it just it, it it's a really uh, an album that'll make you feel good. Uh, with a lot of positive, uplifting messages, you know, about just, you know, being yourself, being strong uh, in the face of adversity and learning to love life, you know, with what you have and what you're available to achieve uh, rather than, you know, looking out for what everybody else has. So, yeah, there it is. Uh, a list of withouts from The Good Fight. Always feeling fatigued, but I have yet to need a long set. I'm just about the realest of things. Ain't that the logic? Lie awake with a dream and then fall asleep with a concept. I hear a lot of chat about hustling on the daily, but when did the discussion come pay me? Never. This the man is behind the words. I do whatever it takes. I'm not too proud to eat the scrapings off plates. Turn your nose up. You missing out? What this about? Having holdups? Well, you can eat the chips on your shoulder. Know what? That ain't something that you could earn, but on the way you can earn. Go through the fences and the clinches, never make a U-turn. And if you do, you ain't ready for what anything calls. Younger you saw, run along with your laws and step off. You ain't got the skill for this. 
Nah, you ain't got the bill for this. Nah, you ain't got the real for this. You ain't got the chill for this. Nah, you ain't got the smarts for this. Nah, you ain't got the heart for this. You ain't got the ear for this. Nah, you ain't got the tears for this. Nah, you ain't got the fear for this. You ain't got the years for this. Nah, you ain't got the heart for this. Nah, you ain't got the heart for this. Turn it up. When do I not have a lot on my mind? Contemplating what to do with my time. I'm pursuing a grind that runs faster than my passion and I'm trying to match it with the habit to shine. Money coming and going, predict the pattern, what I'm trying to define. Already knowing it's a tragic decline. Before the showing, show up what I, I know what. Instead of why the answer ain't in the sky, don't expect a reply. I'm just expecting to climb. I'm scared to death that this the best I'ma get before God come and collect his breath back. I got a lot of blessings at stake And now I hate to take them all in the vein Like I was shooting a face I'm in a trap, you might know what it states Some murder boy wants the word to rejoice In my recording tapes Y'all don't hear me, why? Nah, you ain't got the bill for this Nah, you ain't got the real for this You ain't got the chill for this Nah, you ain't got the smarts for this Nah, you ain't got the heart for this You ain't got the ear for this Nah, you ain't got the tears for this Nah, you ain't got the fear for this You ain't got the years for this Nah, you ain't got the heart for this Nah, you ain't got the heart for this Turn it up My mother worked the register all the way through her pregnancy Less than a week from getting me She was working the bed of me Pots selling coke out on Lanny Park in the 70s He hustled for the struggle to stop the troubles ahead of me This when he had the diner off in New Hampshire Ave Didn't last, Reaganomics set the market to crash When I'm back home, I always make a point to go past To see the spot as a reminder how the good could go bad This the world that I heard It furthered it through the murderous Weak and meager the nervousness Look at me, I'm impervious Take your best shot and make sure that I'm done Cause if I'm not, I'll come back to take the life of your lungs I'll fight the good fight, the merits of my actions is slow Overnight, nothing worth it to grow This I learned from the modest of folks Fake artists, it's the targets to blow Y'all implode, you ain't God, you so You ain't got the skill for this Nah, you ain't got the bill for this Nah, you ain't got the real for this You ain't got the chill for this Nah, you ain't got the smarts for this Nah, you ain't got the heart for this You ain't got the ear for this Nah, you ain't got the tears for this Nah, you ain't got the fear for this You ain't got the years for this Nah, you ain't got the heart for this Nah, you ain't got the heart for this Turn it up you got a number eight for me stanley what have we talked about (laughs) i was hoping you'd get that (laughs) uh my number eight is four phantoms by bell witch Mm. it was a surprise for me this year actually was not that was not something i was expecting to get into (laughs) yeah so for those of you at home bell witch is a southern metal band in a funny little genre called funeral doom yeah because metalheads are obsessed with way too specific labels oh my god yeah i have a friend uh, uh she goes by ghosty online but she's not gonna listen to this but she, she she's into all of the very dark 
doomy, gloomy side. And like the number of genres she has listed for me and the artists that she likes for it's like funeral doom. And it's just <laughs> like, what? That's a genre? Are you kidding? Oh my god, yeah, but yeah. I got, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that little diversion. I, it's okay. I got one better than that. How about depressive suicidal black metal? Yep. I've heard <laughs> that one. Um so yeah, so Bellwitch, they are a duo of a drummer and a six string bass player who plays the high up fiddly bits by tapping on the high part of the neck on the top three strings and the low parts by tapping on the bottom three strings. It sounds so cool. And, you know, it's just very slow, kind of pounding, very moody sorts of music. But it actually does have a lot of sort of atypical melodic elements and sort of pretty bits that you don't often find in the doom metal world. Yeah, yeah. That's what surprised me most about it is like when I went into this album, like, you know, I knew the genre and I'd only heard of them because I had heard you mention them. (laughs) Um, And it was just like, oh. Yeah, I'll check it out. And then it was just like, you know, like, you know, this is what I typically expect. And then, like, oh, this part's really pretty, actually. And there is sort of a uh, concept behind them, as the name Bellwitch would imply, is that it's basically each song is sort of a telling of a ghost story, mm-hmm. which I've always thought was kind of an interesting uh, approach to this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Concepts are always good, I think. Yeah. Usually, anyway. <laughs> Unless you're bad at them, like Linkin Park. <laughs> or or Kiss. Oh, God, no, don't. No, stop that. <laughs> I, I think that was the only record my dad has ever, like, actually set on fire. <laughs> because my dad was a hardcore Kiss Army guy, and then <laughs> that record came out, and he's like, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> anyway... Enough about how much of an asshole Gene Simmons is. The song I've chosen for us today is Judgment and Fire 1, Garden of Blooming Ash. Chosen because it is the shortest song on the record. (laughs) (laughs) Clocking it at 10 minutes, 18 seconds. I think the first track you sent me was 22 minutes, was it not? 22 minutes, 55 seconds, which was Suffocation, A Drowning 2, Somniloquy, The Distance of Forever. And we thought, and people tell me Coheed and Cambria is up their own ass. Yeah. It's like, come I on. Mean, it's just like, you know, 22 minutes might be a bit much for what we're doing here. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, we decided to play a cover of Octavarium in halftime. <laughs> oh my god.
so my number eight 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 uh goes to well i guess i will preface it a bit you know like this year not only was it a great year for music but holy shit were there ever a lot of comeback records this year yeah i mean you know i mean cradle of filth (laughs) i mean good freaking god like i saw a new ugly kid joe album out on store (laughs) shelves okay like what the hell's going on i think like like, like, oh my god, I'm trying to think of a couple other bands that were kind of awful, like, but, or, like, well, not awful, uh, but, um, uh, the new Veruca Salt album was pretty bad, though, that was, that was not very good, but it's just, like, holy crap, it was just, like, a year where it didn't, it seemed like every, a week that went by, it was like, oh, hey, here's another 90s band that's going at it again, and, you know, I guess this was from December of, 2014 but you know it missed everybody's album of the year cutoff because it just sort of dropped out of nowhere we got a new d'angelo record yeah yeah just like boom here it is and like how long had people been waiting for that record like 15 years yeah and it's just like boom here it is it, it, you know it was a it was a chinese democratic length of time yes <laughs> i mean holy fuck dr dre put out an album this year yeah, and Dre never puts out albums. Like, he doesn't do albums. And that, that's another album that just missed my top ten. <laughs> Stellar-ass production on that album, by the way. Just That's basically why I like it. Um, but my number eight goes to um, maybe my second favorite comeback album of the year. The new Slater-Kenny album, No Cities to Love. Um, good God, I love me some Slater-Kenny. It's just like, hey, if I want to think about the 2000s, boom. There's Slater Kenny. Um, Slater Kenny. That's just great shit, like top to bottom. But that that their new album, No Cities to Love, came out and is basically flawless. Like <laughs> there's nothing bad. It's like it's like this 38 minute or so burst of perfection in Riot Girl form, but it's all grown up and mature in a way that sounds like they've actually matured as magicians and not just trying to resume what they were doing with the album that came before it years earlier. Oh uh, yeah. By the way, if anybody at home has never listened to The Woods by Slater oh, Kenny, my god, my favorite, my favorite, hands fucking down. You guys got to go listen to that fucking record because it's awesome. It is phenomenal. Uh the uh, the uh the cut I chose from No Cities to Love is No Anthems. I think that it's a great song that basically summarizes the whole album really well. Yeah. Uh, it's just a banger as of a track. Feels good. Sounds good. Get it on. Yeah. Also, I think my favorite track of that album, actually, but we'll get to that later. Ah, uh, cool, cool. So there it is. No anthem.
can hear is the echo and the ring. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. No, I don't it care. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in because that'll be a great Sagui <laughs> for us to move on to your number seven album of the year. All right. My number seven is Lore by Elder. Gonna have to fill me in again. <laughs> All right. So this is actually a band I just discovered with this album this year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how I stumbled upon it. I was probably, you know, browsing a guitar nerd forum or something like that. You were like, oh, look, the Needle Drop reviewed it. I better get it. <laughs> Did he? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Elder is a... I actually don't know where they're from, but they're... I refuse to describe a band as a stoner metal band. I don't know. There are some bands that I think are definitely stoner metal. I mean, Cottonmouth Kings. That's stoner metal. Weed eater. <laughs> Weed eater. Sleep. Yeah. High on fire. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, I guess there are a lot of bands we could call stoner metal. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it gets affixed to this band, but honestly, they just kind of have a really old school, like, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest kind of, you know, deep purple with a bit of more of an edge kind of sound to them. Hmm. They definitely sound like a band out of time. Oh, like, whoops, we accidentally slipped into a time portal and ended up in 2015. Because, you know, it's not, you know, you know, it's basically all clean sort of Rob Halfordish vocals and these big, thick, but, you know, not very heavily distorted guitars and this really prominent bass and drumming going on. Mm. And it's, just, you know, it's just sort of a... It's like a really solid sort of throwback to the heavy metal that everybody grew up listening to. That's good shit. Yeah. And my selection from this album is Spirit at Aphelion, which is just a catchy song, actually. I gotta say, I gotta say, all your song titles for all the albums you've chosen so far are just way more exciting than the album, than the song names that I've got. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just, although actually there are songs, Compendium and Lore and other songs from this album that are just like one word titles. And then Spirit at Aphelion. <laughs> A little more ambition there. Yeah, but, you know, it's got the, you know, sort of the classic riffage and soloing and kind of like a catchy melodicness that makes it sort of stand out for me.
number seven, seven, seven. Seven, seven. So my number seven is kind of like you. Like, I only got into this artist this year, and I only bought the album because it was two bucks on Amazon and because it was a really pretty girl <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> I didn't even listen <laughs> to a sample. I just saw the cover. I was like, oh, she's really pretty. Here's a chick with a mohawk on the cover. <laughs> you probably not wrong um <laughs> my number seven is a uh, hungry dirty baby by mademoiselle k uh i had never heard of her prior to buying her very pretty album cover <laughs> but the song the music that came with her very pretty album cover <laughs> it turned out to be pretty good too um this album when i like ever since i bought it has not left my playlist like this is an album i just i go back to like every couple days for some reason it's just like it's just really good bouncy rock music she's good good enough guitarist she's got a great vocal styling uh, that i really like she's got some edge to it uh her lyrics are very passionate and just like uh unabashedly honest and just like you know it's like hey hungry dirty baby is just about being all sweaty and dirty and just like i want to fuck you anyway it's just like it's just like an album full of great songs like that, um, uh, and the cut that I went with from it is "Love Robots." It's one of the uh, slower tempo songs on the album, but I I just think it's a really really pretty track. It's not my favorite, but it's one that I thought uh, I wanted to share more just because it's just really pretty. And uh, well, like my favorite is like the bonus track, which is weird. It's the only, and it's the only French song on the album, despite the fact that she's a French artist. Um, so I guess this was like her English debut. Um, Seems like it. Yeah, that's because like what I've uh, uh, investigated from other uh, works are they they've all been in French. So this is kind of like the first album where it was like, oh hey, let's do. And she's actually good at the English thing, unlike uh, our good pal Mr. Lindemann. Uh, she can actually string together a sentence that you know. Like, if she's talking about sex, she's probably doing it in a very alluring way. Uh, so, yeah, love robots. Enjoy.
Two, one. Awful Slipknot reference! <laughs> that was Whoosh over my head. Oh, uh, it was uh, the Heretic Anthem starts with a sample of that, and it's just the stupidest thing. Yes, it actually stops to do six, six, six. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're so terrible, Slipknot. Why do I still like you? <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I don't care. Um, so give us your number six album of Zaya. So, uh, my number six album of the year is, uh, probably, like, one of those, is probably the album that sort of came out and rocked the mainstream the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because my number six is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Mm, that's, uh, I think it's one of the most important releases of the year, honestly. it's. Oh, yeah, whew. it was... I mean, I feel like Kendrick Lamar is one of those... He's, like, an artist that people expected great things from because Good Kid, Mad City was a really good record. Yeah, yeah. Section 80 was fantastic as well. Yeah. But, you know, this is one of those records where, you know, I have compared... I've In talking to other people about it, I say, between Good Kid, Mad City and and To Pimp a Butterfly, in my mind, is like the difference between Off the Wall and Thriller. Yeah. It's like everybody expected this album to be really good, and it just came in and fucking blasted everybody's brains out of the back of their skull. It's hard to even think of it as a hip-hop album. It's like this fusion record of to like the nth degree. You know, it's got it's got like some old school funk mixed in. It's got like some really dark, moody sort of R and B elements here and there. It's got like amazing features. Absolutely, and no, and not people you would expect. You know, given you know his clout as being a Dr. Dre protege, you yeah. know, there's usually like a short list of features you think would make an album like that, but it's just like, well, no, not at all. And yeah, and it's, you know, just sort of like the overall thrust and image of the whole record is just this really intense sort of moody look at like the state of like police brutality and, you know, the conditions of low income areas even today and all this other, you know, conscious hip hop things. And it's just it's just even more poignant, especially this year. Yeah. Like that record happened this year. I mean, that 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 record gave us All Right, which is basically become, you know, a a, a protest cry, uh, you know, now. Yeah, just, you know, it you know, it came off of, you know, 2014 was already sort of a really rough year of unarmed black people getting murdered by the police. Yeah. And then we have this year with even more of that and even more mass shootings. And I think this record just sort of. He definitely just like caught lightning in the bot in a bottle and just released the definitive sort of 2015 record. Yeah, it's it is like if there is an album that thematically represents 2015, it is definitely to pimp a butterfly. Yeah. And to represent to pimp a butterfly, I dug into some of the album tracks and I picked Mama. Mm. I think one of the more underrated uh, cuts from yeah. the album. 
found out I didn't know shit till I went back home. Just, you know. Yeah, what what can be said about this record that hasn't been at yeah, this point? Yeah, it's, it's hard to, you know, there have been so many articles and, you know, that, that have said everything way better than our little pea brains could probably actually do. And probably more qualified voices, you know, at the same yeah. time, you know. But, you know, I could have, I mean, I could have picked I, I could have picked the Black or the Berry, I could have picked Institutionalized or King Kunta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so many... <laughs> But I went with Mama because I like it. And here's the part of the podcast where we're just going to play you the entirety of To Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's Mama. It's a great track. Give it a listen. Don't skip it. Bro. We don't share the same synonym, far back Been in it before internet had new acts Mimicking radios, nemesis made me whack My innocence limited, the experience lacked Ten of us with no tentative tactic that cracked The mind of a literate writer, but I did it in fact You admitted it once I submitted it, wrapped in plastic Remember scribbling, scratching, diligent sentences backwards Visiting freestyle ciphers for your reaction Now I can live in this stadium, pack it the fastest Gambling, Benjamin, benefit, sending in traffic, spinning women in cartwheels, linen fabric on fashion, winning in every decision. Kendrick is master that mastered it, isn't it? Lovely how menaces turn attraction, pivoting rappers, finishing fraction while writing blue magic. Thank God for rap. I would say it got me a pack, but what's better than that? The fact it brought me back home. Know myself, I know morality, spirituality, good and bad health. I know fatality, my haunt you. I know everything. I know Compton, I know street shit, I know shit that's conscious. I know everything. I know lawyers, advertisement, and sponsors. I know wisdom, I know bad religion, I know good karma. I know everything. I know history. I know the universe works mentally. I know the perks of bullshit. Is it meant for me? I know everything. I know cars, clothes, hoes, and money. I know loyalty. I know respect. I know those that's unreal. I know everything. The highs, the lows, the groupies, the junkies. I know if I'm generous at heart, I don't need recognition. The way I'm rewarded, well, that's God's decision. I know you know that line's for Compton School District. Just give it to the kids, don't gossip about how it's distributed. I know how people work. I know the price of life, I'm knowing how much it's worth. I know what I know, and I know it well not to ever forget. Until I realized I didn't know shit. The day I came home. Features, nappy afro gap in the smile, hand me down sneakers, bounce through the crowd. Running number home men and women that crossed him. Some beaming on his BDBs exhausted. Tossing footballs with his ashy black ankles. Breaking new laws, mama passed on home training. He looked at me and said, Kendrick, you do know my language. You just forgot because of what public schools had painted. Oh, I forgot, don't kill my vibe. That's right, you're famous. I used to watch your channel 5, TV was taken. 
But never mind, you're here right now, don't you mistake it, it's just a new trip Take a glimpse of your family ancestor, make a new list Of everything you thought was progress and that was bullshit I know your life is full of turmoil, you're spoiled by fantasies of who you are I feel bad for you, I can attempt to enlighten you without frightening you If you resist, I back off quick, go catch a flight or two But if you pick destiny, hover, rest in peace, then be an advocate Tell your homies especially to come back home Number six, uh, I went uh, with Chelsea Wolfe's Abyss. Ah, uh. this album, like this is an album. When I first got it, I knew from the first two notes. Oh yeah, this is this is going on my end of the year list. <laughs> wow, wow. Yep, wow, immediately, wow, wow. <laughs> immediately, and it is also why I chose Carrion Flowers as my cut from this record. Uh, huh. To me, this it, like. This album for her is a lot like I viewed uh, St. Vincent's self-titled album. Is like this is the album I have been waiting for her to make. Yeah, and it's just it—it's her most uh, musically and thematically consistent record as a whole, top to freaking bottom. Yeah, definitely. It's also really good live too, especially if you're in you know some small smoky room and the. PA speakers are right on top of you. I want that experience. Like, I have to actually experience that because there's just so much on this album. It's just so moody and so dark and so not really sinister, but there's something very foreboding about everything on this album that's just ooh, gives you shivers. And she's actually very bright and chipper in person, believe it or not. Yeah, I would totally believe that, yeah. <laughs> she just dresses like Morticia Adams. Yeah, and uh, not a problem with that, mind you. She does it very well. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Carrion Flowers, here it is, by Chelsea Wolfe.
So that will round out day one of our top 10 albums of the year to give you a little bit of a rundown. My number 10 was Money, uh, Money Shot by Pussifer. Number 9 was The Good Fight by Odyssey. Number 8 was No Cities to Love from Slater Kenny. Hungry Dirty Baby from uh, Mademoiselle K comes in at number 7. And Abyss from Chelsea Wolf is my number 6. What you got for your little rundown for me, Taylor? My number 10 was The Direction of Last Things by Intronaut. Coming in at number nine was A Fragile Geography by Raphael Anton Irisari. <laughs> Ooh, got the tongue rolls going. Eight was Four Phantoms by Bell Witch. Number seven was Lore by Elder. And six was To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Boom. So come back tomorrow for some great tunes and top five albums of the year. You are not going to want to miss it. And if you do miss it, Taylor will fart on you. I eat a lot of broccoli. You don't want that. Nobody wants broccoli <laughs> farts. Listen to more Death Grips, everybody. Death Grips.